1: Inside for Albert.
2: Albert will score. Albert will score. Newcastle has won. But it will get the score. Big one. it's fair well, His fair well, And he hits it. He He's got the big goal. He's
1: got the premiership. He has gone from, as I said, a captain to a legend. And probably Rugby League immortality.
0: That's not a try, That's a man. Rugby League goal. World Cup uh, preview. So, just looking at some of the scores, like this, don't take anything away from these scores. Uh, like obviously, you know these are not full strength sides or whatever. But in uh, some, these are warm up matches, just warm up matches. England defeat Fiji fifty nil. Now I think Fiji was playing basically a reserve grade side. Uh, Cumbria defeat Jamaica twelve. Uh, it's 12 New Zealand defeat Leeds seventy four nil. Tonga defeat Tonga defeat. Uh, France forty-eight to twelve, Greece draw with Bradford thirty-four to thirty-four, Lebanon defeat Wales thirty-eight to twenty-two, England Knights, which is the England B side, defeat Scotland twenty-eight to four. The one that stands out for me that I I really like for, and I know again, I know it's just trial, so it's not full strength side, but it's the New Zealand and England of fifty-nil and seventy-four-nil, because. It's so easy to go out there and just be like, we're gonna tear these players up. Let's just have a bit of fun, throw the footy around, who cares if we make an error? I like seeing the nil score line and and I like seeing putting on score lines that they should put on because that means they're in the right mental space and they're setting standards even when the opposition isn't that great.
1: Especially that New Zealand game, how often do you see a team go in at halftime up thirty nil or something and then it just slows down completely in the second half? Like you quite often see in these big smashings. That you look at the scoreboard, then you look at the second half, and you go, oh fuck, they actually lost the second half because they took um, their foot off the gas. the The New Zealand side scored more points in the second half than they did in the first. You don't see that very often, and I don't think I, I agree with you. I don't think people give enough credit to when they just do what they should do. They should win by a heap, and they go out and do it. But <coughs> it is so easy to take your foot off the gas and just take it easy and cruise because you're already home. So I, I think credit to uh, New Zealand and and their mindset in that game.
0: And also, New Zealand has had a tendency in the past to, to come in and out of games. It's almost been their Achilles' heels. Like Achilles' heels, heel. For, for how long have we said this Kiwi side, 1 to 13, should be one of the best in the, in the world and challenging Australia? The only difference is is that when Australia's at their best, they're playing for 80 minutes, whereas the Kiwis will play. How many games have we watched, Australia versus New Zealand, where the half-time score is 12-6 to Australia? And then in the second half, obviously, Australia kick on with that. I think it's really exciting. Again, I understand it's against really low-tier competition compared to what they have, but they did what they were supposed to do, and that is way harder than people think it is, way harder. Um, But anyway, let's get on to a preview. Uh, So basically, we have – sorry, guys, get this up. The Australian team. Uh, What is our Australian 1 to 13? And then who could be on the bench? Guru, what would be your Australia 1-13?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think a lot of these guys, they pick themselves in certain positions, but there's a few, like there's a back row spot and a bench spot that I, I just can't work out. So I'm interested to hear what you think. I've got Teddy at fullback. My wingers, despite him playing center, I would be having Val Holmes on one wing and I would have Fox on the other side. Left center, I'd go with Latrell Mitchell. You've got the best left center in the world. You've got to pick him there. Right center, I've got that open. I've probably I've got two names written down here. I've got Jack White and Campbell Graham. I probably think Malman Inger will go with Jack White there, but Campbell Graham's obviously a noted right center. Money at six. Um, I'm here I heard that Nathan Cleary might be injured for the first game, so DCE will start there, but it sounds like it's a pretty even race for that half spot. I'd go for Cleary when fully fit though. Front row, I've got Regan, Campbell Gillard, Tino, Benny Hunt. Cam Murray starts in the back row, and then I'd have either Angus Crichton or Nanai. I'd probably go with Angus at the moment, though. Isaiah Yeo at 13. Then my bench, Grant, Cotter. um, Then either Nanai or Martin. And then I've got one more jersey there, which either goes to Jake Trevojevic, Paddy Carrigan, Lindsey Collins. I really can't separate uh, those front rowers. What does your side look like?
0: Um, So just for the first games, I think it's either one or two. The, the Panthers players aren't playing. Um, so anyone that played in the grand final, I think he's resting them for at least the first game. Okay. Uh, but let, let's just assume he's not resting anyone. We'll just assume that. I would go uh, Tedesco at one, Adokawa on one wing, Val Holmes on the other wing. Then I would have in the centres, Latrell Mitchell. Uh, I would actually go with Campbell Graham. Campbell Graham, um, you know, he's young, he's a specialist centre, but I think he'll go with Whiten. I think he'll go with White, just because he's an incumbent, isn't he? Because he played for Australia the last time they played. Yep. Um, oh, Actually, that's a tough one. Um, you know what? You probably got to give it to and That would be a bit unfair. He's the incumbent. He had a big year. You'd probably give it to Whiten.
2: Uh, I will just Can I just oh. jump in there? I, the only thing about White is he didn't get picked there for New South Wales, whether that was the right or wrong call, is that he's usually left. So that it's the right centre that's going to be free.
1: And that's where it becomes interesting because you got Matty Burton who plays on the left. You've got Jack White, who plays on the left. Campbell Graham is the only right-side player. And that's why
2: I'm oh, okay. with, I'm with you, Damon, where Campbell Graham is my centre, yeah.
0: Yeah, specialist centre for sure then. Um, I'd be putting Campbell Graham then there um, because, like, I'm trying to think, you know, Whiten's probably – is he the only out-and-out out six to be the ready for Munster if he, anything happens? I think he is. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I've got Campbell Graham – Holmes on one wing, Adokan on the other, six and seven Munster, Cleary, DC. He's incredible. He, he, you know, what he's achieved in his career, that game three was incredible. If you had have said, let's select it after game three, I would have given it to uh, DCE. I would have given him the first crack, but it is Cleary's time. We're talking about the back-to-back winning seven that has won a Clive Churchill. He absolutely dominated and owned this final series. Like, he almost hasn't gotten enough raps for how dominant he was in this final series. He's how good, like how good can he play to not get selected? I just, he can't play any better. He, he literally cannot play any better. So I'm going to play Cleary there. Um, I think he won out of the finals games. They played three. I think, did he win two men of the matches?
1: Yeah. He was man the of the, the match series? against Parramatta and then in the prelim final as well, he was MOM. And oh, I think what you said there, it's time. I think everyone understands what that means. It is just time for Nathan Cleary to be the halfback for this side.
0: Yeah. Like I understand DC's experience and there's so much that DCE can teach Cleary still. And if Cleary comes, like let's say Cleary gets a little niggly injury, DC comes out and kills it, then by all means, give DC the jersey. But at what point do we have to say international footy is back? We pick a seven, he is the guy going forward, and for the next 10 years, it's his side. I think that time is now. He's 24. He's not 21. He's not 18. He is an origin back to back winning number seven. Um, and you know, it's and so good Cleary, to see
1: the kangaroos like this as well. For so many years, the spine just automatically picked itself. Yeah. We're back to like genuinely having a, a competition for a spot, which I think is unreal.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And um, so, but I would be going Cleary every single day of the week. Um, but more than happy for, for DC to come out and do what he did game three and prove me wrong even though I was back in game three origin. But I just think when you when you stack up the last few years of what Cleary has achieved and what DC has achieved, even in both of their best games, Cleary's is the guy. Cleary is the guy. Um, it, but it, again, you're right. How good is it that we have... DC would be the starting seven, like essentially in any other team, maybe outside New Zealand. Hughes might pip him. I, I, don't, I don't know. It'd be interesting. But outside of that, you know, and we've got him fighting for the spot so I also think he'll teach Cleary so much I understand that Cleary already gets taught by Joey by Freddie Fitler, by his father I understand all that but I do think there are elements of DCE's game especially that game three origin where he made experienced decisions that Cleary just didn't know how to react quickly enough to that DCE will be able to teach Cleary in this camp so I actually think both and I also actually think Cleary will have a lot to teach DCE as well. Because he's this new age halfback, so I think both players and clubs are going to come out better for it. Now, um, forward pack, I am going to go. Um, where is it? I'm going to start Lindsay Collins. Um, actually, oh, oh man, this is a tough one. So I'll start Regan Campbell Gillard for sure, and I'm I'm torn between starting Lindsay Collins or Paddy Carrigan. Um. Actually, you know what? Lindsay Collins on the bench because he did that for Origin. I'll start Tino because he gets through a lot of work. So my starting front row is Tino and uh, RCG. Then my back row is Angus Crichton, uh, Cam Murray. 13, Isaiah Yo. Uh, 14, uh 9, obviously Benny Hunt. 14 is obviously Harry Grant. Um, then I would have Paddy Carrigan, Lindsey Collins, uh, Harry Grant, and... Um. Oh, who's the last one? Does Jake uh, Travoyevich uh, get a start? Nanai. Okay. No, nah, Nanai. Because I just reckon you've got those two front rollers covered with Paddy Carrigan and Lindsay on the bench there.
1: It, it will be interesting, you, you know, as you just said, that um, he won't be playing any of the Panthers boys in the first game. So you assume that Care Murray, he'll play 13. So then you'll have um, Angus and Nanai. Are those two playing for the other spot in that game, do you think?
0: I think Crichton's got it. Yeah. I, I think oh, there has to be some sense of loyalty to a bloke that's been around for a bit. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit old-fashioned, but I do think that – and look, it, it sounds a bit hypocritical because Jackie Whiten is obviously incumbent. Um, I mean – is he, though, because he was on the – actually, no. Was Luttrell playing that last year?
1: I'm pretty sure he anyway. was. I, I've got a feeling Jack might have been the 14 in that game. I could be wrong. Are we talking about the last okay. Australian game?
2: Yeah, the
0: Tonga game. The yeah, last so,
2: I, so I just had a look. I was going to bring this up, and this kind of makes my previous point redundant. The centers were Latrell and Jack Whiten.
0: Ooh. Yeah, I thought so. I yeah. thought so. That's why I said he's the incumbent. So yeah, you're right. If, that, if that's the case, I put Jackie Whiten on that edge because I think he played really well, if I recall, recall correctly. And I, I just like that sense of a little bit of loyalty. Like, you've got to fight for that spot. You don't just get to play club footy and come into it. You've got to go away on these tours and take that jersey. Um, so yeah, I'll put Jackie White in there, um, and just Campbell Graham, obviously playing in some of the smaller, the smaller matches. Um, anyway, now on to uh, preview in general. First round games: Pool A, uh, you've got England, France, Greece, and Samoa. Pool B: Australia, Italy. Fiji, Scotland, Pool C, Ireland, Jamaica, Lebanon, New Zealand. Pool D, Cook Islands, PNG, Wales, and Tonga. First week of games, you've got England versus Samoa at 2.30 p.m., which is actually 12.30 a.m. Um, you know what? I'll read out just the Australian times. England versus Samoa, 12.30 a.m. Australia versus Fiji. Si- sorry,
2: this would be Sydney, Sydney times. Sydney time. Yeah.
0: Sydney time. Australia versus Fiji, 5.30 a.m. Scotland versus Italy. 12.30 a.m., Jamaica versus Ireland, 3 a.m., New Zealand versus Lebanon, 5.30 a.m., France versus Greece, 5.30 a.m. We'll go to the first game. England versus, uh, versus Samoa, this is the, the match the first week. This is the match of the first week, in my opinion. This will really give us a good, a good indication as to how legit Samoa are. They've got a lot of hype heading into this. Um, and look, all my Usos that are listening, I'm hype, boys. I'm hype. Uh, you know, obviously, I did win Dali and Palangi of the year, so I'm hyped for you boys. But uh, I will say, I want to, it it needs to be proven. You know, your the Samoa team on paper is a fucking beast of a team, an absolute beast. Suoliti on the back there, you got uh, you know, Tango, you got To'o, like Luai. But at the end of the day, I need to see them playing before I get too excited about them. I, I would still have Tonga ahead of them. Um, I still have New Zealand ahead of them, Australia ahead of them, and to be honest, maybe even right now I would still have England ahead of them. On paper, they they are arguably nearly as, one to 13 is nearly as good as, you know, the best of them, but I just need to see them put it together first. So, what are your thoughts on the England Samoa game, Guru? How
1: good is it to see that England are playing at home in a World Cup, the opening game, and Samoa's the favorite at a dollar 50? So good. How good is that for so International good. Rugby League? Unbelievable. And yeah, you're right. Samoa, on paper, the team is unbelievable. It's going to be, it's a really exciting time. And I would say that over the last few years, you know, I'd probably say that every nation has probably shown us in big games that they're improving at a, at a really rapid rate. Samoa, I'd probably argue that over the last few years, they've potentially underachieved a little bit compared
0: to
1: Tonga and these other sides. So huge test for them. They've got the team on paper and you know, the beauty of it now is that they've got the halves as well. You've got Jerome Luai, and that's all, always sort of been um, the missing jigsaw piece for them. So I'm very, very excited to see how they go. And um, it'll be interesting to see if a $1.50 uh, is fair, because it's a pretty handy um, English side that, that they've put out as well, especially when you throw Victor Radley into the mix. He, he's going to do a lot for them. So super excited for that first game.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I, I would go as far to say Samoa's last few years have been disappointing. Yeah, I really would. I, I, I think they've underachieved massively. I think that they absolutely have the same talent that Tonga has. I really, really believe that. You could even argue more. Matter of fact, if you go and look at the origin front row, the starting front row, all Samoan. Payne Haas, um, Tino, uh, Junior Polo, um, Papaliti. So, like, to think about that. Think about how impressive that is. Four front rowers are Samoan. Like, it's just... So, So on paper, Samoa absolutely can win a World Cup and they absolutely can become the best side in the world. I honestly believe that. Now, does, does it mean, like, right now? No. But if, if you have the same resources that the Australian side has had for so long. And I understand it's the – like the NRL is an Australian league, so only naturally is Australia going to have the most resources. But as these you know, other nations begin to get more resources and begin to get more players saying, you know what, I want to play for my heritage, it's going to even the playing field massively, massively. Uh, so I'm excited for Samoa, but it's, it's a very tepid – tepid excitement i'm not getting ahead of myself if anything i actually think them being favorites at a dollar 50 is too short i need to see them first i need to see them first once i see them play we'll know where their head's at we'll know whether you know do they have the high completion rate that they need do they have uh the ball playing out the back with Suwali'i? Um, i tell you what's really interesting though is like suali is so talented you could make the argument that he may have the best Tournament of any fullback in the comp. Now, look, Joey Manu and Tedesco are the two guys, no doubt. But you can't tell me Sawalhi at his best couldn't challenge those guys form-wise. I'm not talking about career. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about a young superstar stepping up on a big world stage and doing something special. If there is one guy that can do that, it's Sawalhi.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it won't shock me in the slightest if we, if in five or six weeks' time, we're talking about him coming of age as a fullback and showing that he is capable of doing it. Um, I think a lot of people have been really harsh on Joseph after he was forced to go into the fullback spot with no reps whatsoever for the Roosters a couple of weeks ago. And again, they were on the back foot with a heap of injuries. I, the, the way that people are writing him off as a fullback off the back of that is fucking ridiculous in my opinion.
0: If you've written if you've written Joseph Asuli off as a fullback after watching 50 minutes or so of a game, you need to punch yourself in the penis. <laughs> That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do because that is absolutely ridiculous. He was thrown in the deep end in one of the most brutal games we've ever watched. And if you actually watch the game, his ball running was absolutely superb. The only thing he was missing was pass selection. Mm. Pass selection can be taught. It, it, it's not... He has the ability to play. He is an absolute freak. He came up through the grades playing fullback. It may take a year or two. That's only natural. This kid is nineteen, so that's that's craziness. That's craziness to think that he can't. Now, look, if in a couple of years' time, you know, let's say three or four years, he's still struggling to get the ball playing going, then you could say, you know, maybe he's not suited for the new age uh, fullback. But right now, as we speak, with only seeing fifty minutes of the kid play, to say he's not going to be Put it this way: Imagine a rookie debuted in that game, and he had the same status Su elite he had for that game. Because if you go back and you go back and look at his stats, he had the most meters, I think, of any player. He had like two hundred and fifty meters run meters. If that was a rookie, which he essentially is, he's a nineteen-year-old. We'd be all talking about this next fullback that is the next big thing. He just needs to work on his passing game.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. It's completely unfair the way he's been treated. I um I don't have like a best seventeen in front of me. But just reading through this Samoan squad. Jeez, it'd be a tough gig actually picking their best 17, wouldn't it? There's so many, especially in the forward pack, they are stacked. And you, you know, obviously there, there's a lot of Penrith Panthers players, but you look in just about every single position, you know, your halves, your outside backs, your back row, your front row. Mate, there's literally a premiership winner in all those spots. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Oh, that they, they are serious. That's just what I mean. Like I I, under, I think people are a bit too excited because we haven't seen them play yet but I understand the excitement when you look at yeah. that. that. That is the best on paper we've seen Samoa look pretty much ever. Um, so, yeah, really, I, I am excited. I just need to see them play first because I think we've been excited with Samoa before and they've been a bit underwhelming. Now, just quickly on England. I Look, coming into this, I've been saying I'm really underwhelmed with England and I think it may be the bias of I don't watch Super League, so I don't know who's good. I don't know the level of standard they're playing. I will say, though, that... Victor Radley coming in, it's. I don't know if it's a game-changer because I don't want to disrespect the Super League players and sit here and go, oh, yeah, the NRL player coming in and he's going to change all you guys and he's going to teach you all these great things. It's not about like NRL being better than Super League or anything like that. What's good about Victor Radley coming in is even if he came into the Australian side, he would make an impact. So it's not just about the England side – Victor Radley is an impact player in any squad he plays in. And I think that he will have a very positive impact on that squad and just give them that extra bit of square their shoulders back a bit. Be like, you know what? Fucking no, if we can take it to some of the bigger teams, you know, I understand England's a tier one nation, but they're, they're being written off. And, and I, to be fair, I've, I've been guilty. I mean, I haven't written them off, but for me, they're probably like favorites wise. They're probably maybe fourth or fifth. Um, but, with Victor Radley coming to the side, sit back and think about it, I don't think they're as far away as I initially thought. What do you reckon, Guru?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you, mate. And I sort of have written them off to some extent as well. Uh, you have a look like in the betting market, they're at $13 to win this World Cup, which is pretty wild when you consider that, you know, Samoa's at $10. So there, there is, you know, quite a gap there considering they are hosting it in England, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I agree with you, mate, bringing Victor Radley in there, I just think he will lift the intensity to a brand new level. And it might just be, you know, that that little something that they are going to miss. They obviously got the advantage of, you know, the conditions they're going to be playing in. Obviously, all the guys there yeah. have, have been playing there for the last few years over there in England. So there's an advantage there. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the betting market has got them about right, though. I agree with you. I'd probably have them fifth or sixth around that mark.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because then you look at their side, they've got Georgie Williams, Johnny Bateman. You know, they're not I, – I think, I think I am suffering from a bit of not watching Super League bias. I think if I watched Super League, maybe I'd be a little bit higher on them. Um, but this is what I love about this game. It's really going to set the tone. I know that, you know, it's a, such a cliche, but this is going to set the tone because one of these teams is almost a one-in-three chance – of being in a grand final of the World Cup because they're all on it's England, Samoa, and Tonga on one side, Australia, New Zealand on the other. I like no apologies to anyone else who's on the England, Samoa, or Tonga side, but I just can't see another team breaking through and getting to the final. If they do, I would love that. How exciting! Like, that'd be awesome. But this will set the tone because if England and Samoa come out and have a red hot game and it's a high completion rate, you know, 16, 12, high quality footy it sends a message to the rest of the World Cup that it is no longer just about Australia and everyone else is trying to catch up. There are other teams that are sending messages and making statements like Tonga did when they came through and did what they did.
1: Yeah, for sure. And just in the, in this English side too, when you are um, watching them, just keep an eye on there's a kid there named Kai Pierce-Paul who we've spoken about. and can play sort of back row or centre. There's a room around that he's going to sign with Newcastle in a few years' time. Uh, keep an eye on him. He's going to be a really exciting talent to watch in this side.
0: Uh, now Australia versus Fiji. Uh, look, unfortunately, anything less than a convincing win for Australia is a very a big disappointment. Now Fiji, you know, each time I watch them play, I'm so impressed just with their that they, they've actually been where some, Samoa has been a bit underwhelming for me. I think Fiji has been like almost quietly making progress. Now, are they up to the level of Australia yet? No. But I do think they've made quite a bit of progress over the last few years. I really do think they've been kind of like the silent, just taking a little step here and there. I think if you go back and you look at some of their results, they might have even beaten Samoa um, at one stage. Like over the last few years, could you check that for me? Yeah, Maddie.
1: Yeah, as you said, I think anything but a huge victory for Australia would be disappointing for them. But. this, this Fiji side, they have got some, some some really quality players in there. And as you said off the top, don't read into their big loss the other day. They've, they have a lot of guys that need to go back into this side. So they'll be completely different. Um, I'm really excited to see uh, Taruva from the Penrith Panthers go around again. You have to assume he'll be the fullback. Um, no, no, I, I don't think they're, they're going to beat the Kangaroos, but um, I think they can put up a, a really good fight here and be one of the more entertaining teams in this competition once you get past this week.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, that, sorry. Uh, they beat
2: yeah. They beat Samoa. This is back in um, nineteen when they're all playing. They beat Samoa. They beat PNG. They beat Lebanon. So,
0: and that's and that's what I mean in regards to the, just that silent progression. I don't think a, and that's where I feel Samoa has been quite disappointing. Now, look, Samoa's roster wasn't like it is now, um, but uh, yeah. So Fiji, I think this is a real. I actually think this is a good game to for Fiji to open with because it, it'll it'll set the bar really high for them of like, oh, this is where we need to be at for the rest of the tournament. Whereas sometimes if you open against a soft side, it, it catches you off guard when you actually do play the top tier sides. Whereas for them, they open up against Australia. Look, they'll most likely lose, but they'll come out of that game. And so the next game when they play, you know, I'm not sure who's in there. Actually, i have a look. The next t- game when they play Italy or Scotland, they'll be like, they won't say this is a breeze, but they'll almost be at the standard is is so much lower. So it will be a, a good kickstart for them, even if they do happen to lose. Uh, now, next game, Scotland versus Italy. Look, if I'm being honest, I don't – most of these games, like Scotland, Italy, Jamaica, Ireland, France, Greece, I don't really know much about them. So I honestly couldn't tell you uh, one way or the other how they're going to go. Um, We'll speak about New Zealand versus Lebanon, but before we get there, what do you think? Is there anything you know about Scotland, Italy or Jamaica, Ireland? Uh,
1: No, mate, to be perfectly honest with you, not a heap. Uh, I've had a look at those squads. There aren't a heap of guys. Uh, that jump out to me realistically. But they are always good to watch in these competitions because there is always one or two players that jump out of these sides that you've never heard of before that hopefully can, you know, earn themselves an opportunity to have a crack at the NRL or in New South Wales Cup or Queensland Cup. But uh, as we head into it, mate, no, there, there's no real real names or anything that stand out for me in those sides.
0: Sweet. All right, let's get to New Zealand versus Lebanon. Uh, this is just a standard-setting game. New Zealand should win and win really, really well. Um Again, they need to send a message, especially to Australia, I think. Obviously, being on the same side of the uh, the competition, I think New Zealand should just be building towards Australia, going, that's the game. This is, you know, everything else, we need to set standards, get the job done, but the semi-final is our grand final. Uh, it really is, because if they beat Australia, the confidence playing Samoa, Tonga, or England will be absolutely massive. Thoughts on the New Zealand-Lebanon game?
1: Yeah, obviously... Uh bit more of a statement game, as you said, for New Zealand. I would expect them to go just about full strength. They played their trial the other day. Um, Luluai started at seven. Joey Manu wasn't in the team. So I think they'll start to sort of build uh, their full strength side. I think the one thing we've learned about Kiwi teams over the last few years, or over the last probably 20 years, realistically, is that you get them in these one-off games, and they've got a heap of really talented guys, but it takes them five or six weeks until they really find their groove and then they can really challenge. You have a look at the vast majority of the upsets that they've pulled over last years in big competitions there. They're Four Nations, they're World Cups when they've had five or six weeks. And you look at the start of those competitions, they're not overly impressive, but they just work their way into it. So I think the Kiwis, they'll they'll, they'll go close to picking um, a full-strength side here. And I, I think it's a really good game to start with to be able to build off the back of it. I don't think the, the Lebanon side... Like I, I think we, we're constantly talking about you know your Fiji, your Samoas, um, stronger the, these sort of sides, and putting them probably on a, a pedestal a little bit higher than uh, Lebanon. I think Lebanon will surprise a few people, and I, I think they'll compete in games. I'm not sure how many they'll win. I'm not saying they'll beat New Zealand, but I think they'll be a little bit more competitive than what people are uh, giving them credit for.
0: Well, they did a, a while ago, actually, didn't they? Uh, was it was maybe even the last World Cup where they they took a couple teams to a – Quite a tight score. Yeah. Mitchell Moses, Freddie Fitler coached them. Yep. Um, yeah. Yes, so you're right. Like I think that they might be the the fairy tale one. Um, if there is going to be a fairy tale side, uh, for example, Fiji, I do expect them to be quite competitive outside of the top top sides. Whereas Lebanon, people, you know, it's not a huge footy nation, but they have got some good players, from, some really good players. Now, just quickly before we go, Guru, who is going to be your player of the tournament? Please don't say who I think mine is going to be.
1: Player of the tournament. Uh, I do think that the Kangaroos, I think they will get the job done. Uh, Mate, I think it's been a little while since uh, James Sadesco has won a a big gong. So I'm going to take Teddy to be the player of the World Cup.
0: Now, I'm going to go. This is a tough one because like, it's obviously the the team that wins it usually gets the player of the tournament. But I'm going to go more along the lines who I think has been the best player in the games I've played. And Mm. so you can change your answer if you want. I think Joey Manu. I think he's in for an absolutely massive tournament.
1: Yeah, and and when you put that category on it, it's hard to disagree. I actually, mate, I, I came across a highlights package for, for that the, the Roosters put out of Joey Maru last night. And normally, you know, those things, they go for three or four minutes. You might watch the first 90 seconds. Mate, I watched it twice. It was yeah. unbelievable. He is just a freak. And to see him, this has always been my question mark. We always look at the stats of Joey Marnie when he plays fullback, and they're incredible. But they're one-off games. I want to see him play five games in a row at fullback and really see what he can do over a long stretch.
0: With Dylan Brown, Hughes <gasps> and Cheese at nine? Come on. Scary. I, I just – oh, man. if he, he uh, He's going to come out of this tournament and there's going to be so many clubs offering a million bucks. It's crazy. Like, he, he is the one player that doesn't get spoken about enough in the million-dollar discussion. He's absolutely a million-dollar player to me. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, for sure, and uh, yeah, I just can't wait to see him in play fullback f- for an extended period, and it'll be great to see him go head-to-head. You know, you, you, we speak about, you know, all this chat last few weeks about the Roosters, who's the next fullback after Teddy, do they need to move Teddy on, all that sort of bullshit that, that everyone wrote home. You've got three Roosters players that are going to be playing fullbacks for three of the big nations in this World Cup. That's unbelievable. It's fucking,
0: yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, that is us done and dusted. Um We should be back to normal times. Actually, sorry. So next week, guys, uh, the podcast probably won't drop until maybe 7 or 8 uh, on a Monday night for you guys. Um nah, no, no. Then-
2: I, I think because it's going to take a bit longer to edit, I reckon we, we drop on Tuesday.
0: So you reckon drop on Tuesdays? Yeah. Oh, and also because the World Cup goes, doesn't it, on yeah, a Monday? Yeah. So we we'll okay, drop on guys. Tuesdays, yeah. Yep. So, guys, we'll um, we'll be dropping on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. going forward for the next few weeks. Um, that's the only time we can fit everything in because, obviously, the time difference meets like – I think it's like 10 hours time difference, so it's like the worst timing difference ever. But, yeah, so Tuesday, 3 p.m. going forward. If we are a little bit late on different podcasts, don't stress. We'll continue to try to put out the podcast – And also, good announcement, guys. The interviews with the players are back. They are back. Um, So wait for them to drop and make sure to grab a shirt from Bloke Nation. Bloke.shop, www.bloke.shop. You grab a Bloke Nation shirt, rep your country. As we read them out earlier, we've got uh, 30 different nations that um, the pre-sale goes live, 6 p.m., has gone live already, sorry, 6 p.m. on Monday, so it's available right now. The pre-sale is live right now as we speak. You got anything going on, Guru?
1: No, not too much, mate. Just came for the World Cup uh, Rugby League Guru podcast if you're looking for more content during the week.
0: Mate, how good. All right, that is us done and dusted. And as usual, I'll go and fuck myself in Europe. (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them
2: getting even softer over time.